Coffee with Your Therapist podcast is sponsored by MindGuard Mental Health Tracking and Management. We help psychotherapists and their clients by enabling the clients to report on their mental health while waiting to enter therapy. We are particularly focused on young people and university-aged people, and we will be very interested in talking to clinics and services who address this sector. The benefits to the therapist is that when their client enters therapy, you will already have a deep background profile of how the client perceives their own mental health. The benefit for the client is that they will receive encouraging and supportive feedback while they are waiting to start therapy. Please contact Dr. Edel Crean via LinkedIn for more information. Thank you. Yeah, Manus, listen, it's great to see you again. And uh, for the audience, I'm talking to Manus Hanradi, and we'll learn more about Manus uh, in the next few minutes. But I can say uh, he's a deep tech guy with a social conscience. I know Manus is going to get all embarrassed about that. But um, yeah, Manus, so tell us a little bit about you. You've been in some very famous tech companies through the years. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I, I'll give you a very, uh, this is like an interview sort of summary <laughs> beginning to give us your background. Sort what, of what are you going to, what's your five-year plan? <laughs> so I'm good, yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, just very briefly, and I'll, I'll try and fly through this. I, I, I live in Dublin, but I was actually born in Belfast uh, way back in the day. And I, I, I grew up there, uh, a very happy childhood. Uh, everything was fantastic until 1969, when you know all hell broke loose in Belfast, and we've had a lot of trouble ever since. And it's still simmering away up there, even as we speak. Uh, I was educated up there in, at uh, St Mary's Barracks, uh, St Mary's Grammar School in Barrack Street, which is a pretty famous uh, school. Um, and then I went to Queen's University, where I was studying mathematics. And uh, I was really studying mathematics because I didn't know what else to do. It's the only thing I was good at. And but when I was doing that, I, um, I, I, I discovered computers and then I ended up doing a degree in computer science. Mm-hmm. And then I never looked back because uh, my whole life has been technology ever since. And uh, I have to say, I, I've had 30 years of the technology sector, which was the most amazing. It, was, it actually was all my life, really, when you think about it. And it was the most amazing time of my life. Um, mm. I could start off by, I mean, I'll just mention a couple of the companies. Uh, I worked for a company called MeasureX, who nobody's ever heard of. But they were an amazing company who were developing systems uh, to actually control paper paper mills, paper machines. Mm-hmm. And this was a fantastic place to sort of start your career because not only did we do all the programming stuff and so on, but we actually got to go to the paper mills and watch this tiny little computer control this mile long machine of mm. steam rollers and all kinds of things. And it was fascinating to watch this thing in real life, in real, ter- you know, real time yep. computing, as it were. Um, and I, I learned like all that made me what I am today, probably in, in that first job in Measurex, where I was for, there for a long time. I read. Then I went to Dublin and I worked for Lotus Development, which was another <laughs> major uh, period of my life. And uh, I, I was I, I was around at the time of Lotus One, Two, Three that probably most people don't even know anymore. But it was the pre predecessor of uh, you know our, our everybody's favorite mm. 
spreadsheet today, Excel. But oh, so, so yeah, for people who don't know, Lotus yeah. One Two Three probably was the the company that helped bring what was then the IBM PC. That's right. The business market. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because Lotus One Two Three meant that every every accountant, every bean counter, sorry, I shouldn't say bean counter, but every, <laughs> every finance person in the planet suddenly had an easier life because they had this fantastic tool for doing all the numbering crunching that they, that, that they had to do you normally by paper with uh, calculators or something. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was really fascinating. But I, I then jumped up a couple of years and I ended up in a company called Netscape, which was very exciting as well, because I was there when they brought out the first browser, the mm. first gateway into the Internet. And it was the most exciting time of my life because I couldn't believe that suddenly I could sit at a desk and access data all over the world. I mean, it was just amazing. I remember using a, a, a Netscape browser on a yeah. 300. This, oh, this is going to age me as well. Broad <laughs> line, watching right. the screen uh, fill out slowly. That's right. Yeah, but being absolutely amazed that this yeah. uh, image was coming from America. Absolutely, yeah. and you yeah. could manipulate some. It was, it was, I mean, it was so clunky, but you, as mm. you say, you knew it was coming from far away, and that was what was exciting you know, about it. And AOL, funny enough, was, was bought over by a company called um, America Online, AOL, who bought, bought Netscape uh, because it, it just had to have a browser. And at the time, AOL was actually using Internet Explorer, so it actually caused a little bit of disharmony within the company when they bought Navigator because they ended up never using it. But anyway, that is a long story there. But um, when all this was happening, I was getting very excited about the potential for the future, I have to say. And the internet was the thing that was getting my attention mostly. But at, at that time, I also wanted to do lots of other things. So I kind of leapt out of the corporate world and entered what I would describe as the, the charity sector, or the NGO sector, with the full intention of using my technical skills to to make lives better for other people. Mm -hmm. And I started this by joining a company as, as a board member called FIT, which is an acronym for Fast Track to IT. And it's the most amazing company that's decided to identify people who were in the long-term unemployed sector um, and assess them for basic aptitude and computer skills. And then get them jobs in the tech industry. Now, that sounds like a really tall order, but guess what? It worked amazingly mm. well. And mm. here we are today, all these years later, and it's still going strong. It's, and a, it's, it's a, real... a great idea, man. So, yeah. Yeah. I think basically you're talking people where maybe the educational system passed them yeah. by, and yeah. they're, they're, but they're actually clever people who oh, just absolutely. need a chance. Absolutely, that's all they need. We look. We could tell you the most amazing stories of mm. you know, young young ladies who were single uh, with with child or whatever, and um, couldn't work, couldn't get a job in McDonald's. No, 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 sort of, you mm -hmm. know, nothing wrong with McDonald's per se, but they just couldn't get employment. But we discovered they had a, a computer skill aptitude for computer skills taught them some programming languages and this particular girl ended up working for IBM, you know, and like yeah. had a career there, you know, so this thing really worked and it's still working today. And Fit are responsible for putting thousands of people back into the employment world 
mm-hmm. because we just listened to what these people had to say and helped them along the road and then helped them get jobs, basically. So that was and still is an amazing place. Um, when I was doing that, actually, I, I got involved in a sort of an executive role with FIT and ended up running this project across Europe where we tried to introduce the FIT model to six other countries. And I mean, that was the most amazing thing I ever did in my life because I thought it would be impossible. Mm. And the reception I got in Europe was actually second to none. Um, I did lots of other things, to be honest, in, in charity. Uh, I, but too many to mention here, except just to sort of balance out my, my experience, yeah. I could tell you a little bit about a company called Glen Cree, which is a centre for peace and reconciliation up in the mountains, sort of mm. high over Tallow. And, you know, it good... And yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was, I got connected there because of the Northern Ireland connection, to be quite honest. And I was very interested in the, the all the people that I met who were really working hard to find ways through all the conflict in Northern Ireland. And it also got me into other strange places that I never thought I'd ever see in my in my life. One of them was uh, South Africa, and one of them, believe it or not, was Gaza. Gaza just before Hamas mm. moved in. So, you know, I've been around sort of thing. And mm. in the middle of all that, somewhere I, I, I wrote a book. <laughs> Did you? I didn't know that part. But I never finished it. This is a great unfinished book. <laughs> I actually think I might start to finish it in the near future using artificial intelligence because apparently it, it, it can do that for you. If you feed in a, a script, it can finish it. So mm-hmm. that's another demonstration of my love for technology if you like um very honest what's the book about oh it's just fiction pure i i was reading some crazy i just like fiction you know just get lost i was reading some police fiction thing about some crime thriller or whatever and i just said to myself i could write that it's just it's kind of easy stuff to write you know (laughs) i just start writing this book and i I, 600 pages of it written but You'd never murder think of the ending, so I canned it for a while, and here I am. Same man. There's murder in the IT sector or something like that, is it? Sorry? Murder in the IT sector. Not quite. It, it kind of, it's more like murder, uh, where does the murder take place? Uh, murder in Charing Cross Station or something like that. Oh, sort of. oh, but it, it actually, it's quite funny because it's aged, because I talk about technology all the time in it, mm. but it's stuff from the <laughs> the year 2000 and like when you read this you can tell that this book was clearly written a long time ago yeah yeah but anyway enough about that the other thing i can say i did was i took up exercise when i was about 40 because before that i never did any exercise mm. and now I, I i cycle a lot i go to the gym frequently and i now i've just actually taken up running recently with my daughter and we just completed a 21k which is wow. a half marathon run for charity so you know I'm, I'm feeling happy about stuff but i'm a bit unhappy about other things so that's yeah, my yeah. background <laughs> well no that's that's uh yeah well first of all like i i worked for you manus um in uh lotus and, um, 1992 don't, don't, don't say oh, sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah i have to say you're you're a brilliant people manager and you really energize that organization and um all the managers who worked for you uh, respected you. So yep. it was you, you have both the technical side and the people skill side. So let me just say that. But we're, we're talking here about something. How, you know, it's clearly you're not um, 
a troglodyte when it comes to technology, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you, the reason I asked you to come on is you raised an issue that made me think. At first, when you said it, I said, that's daft. Um, you, but I, I let you say in, in your own words what you're proposing. Yeah. Well, what I want to do is talk about a problem, and then I want to talk about my proposed solution, which I believe is actually simple. It's not a complex no, no, solution. No, I got you. A very, very simple one. That's staring us right in the face. So, mm. what is the problem? Well, the problem is that we need to we need to devote devote serious attention to the internet. And you might ask the question why, and it's because the internet, even though it's the most like amazing. Mm -hmm. set of tools and databases in, in the whole planet um, has grown up to be extremely beneficial. But unfortunately, in addition to that, it's also extremely damaging for people. It's got a lot of bad stuff in it, basically. Mm -hmm. And in particular, it's got a lot of bad stuff that our children are getting access to. Access to sorry. Um, it's so bad now, and I know, I know I'm going to say things that people know already, but it's so bad that children are being regularly cyber-bullied, as it's called, killed, committing suicide, being harmed in a hundred different ways, suffering from many disorders, including mental health problems, eating disorders, and body image disorders. And the list is endless. I mean, the damage being done is horrendous. And... We can't we can't go on like this. We we can't we can't just allow our children, mm -hmm. the next generation, to be destroyed before they even get to adulthood of eighteen. Um. So, what do you do about that? God, that's a big problem, isn't it? I mean, it's already some people tell me the genie's out of the bottle, so it's too late. So we just have to just get on with it. But the truth is, it's time for us to stop allowing our minors that's people under 18 having mm. free access to the internet it's just too dangerous right it's as simple as that now I, what i've looked at just a few simple statistics and one of them is that 97 percent of people including kids use smartphones to access the internet that's mm. a huge number right it's almost everybody right and so i'm saying we're, we're going to destroy our children if if that continues before they get a chance to be even adults, as I say. So that's the scenario that I'm faced. And I have a set of solutions, which I'd like to, um, mm. to outline. But just first of all, I, I just want to wondering, do you think I've said anything there, which is like no, no, exaggeration no. or, you know, off the wall or anything like that? No, no. So as I said, when I saw your proposal, yeah. Uh, for want of a better word. First of all, that that's daft. And over the weekend, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, it's not really daft. Yeah. Um, so let me just give you a bit of my own situation. Yeah. Um, so I have a teenage son, and uh, he's at that age. And um, there was a particular case, um, which is very harrowing, of the anacreagial murder. Um, yeah. 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 For various reasons. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say I was uh, directly affected by it, but I, I had insight into it, shall we say. Right. Um, one of the, without going into all the detail, uh, Anna was a 14-year-old 
girl who was killed by two teenage boys. Oh, I know, I know the case. Yeah, younger yeah. and porn seemed, according to the uh, psychiatrist report, porn was a big factor in the formation of uh, the uh, you know the attitude of those particular boys to right. to women. Yeah. So that's a very extreme example, uh, but yeah. it did happen, and you, it's probably happening today. Um, Absolutely. So no doubt about it, it struck me hard. So I, that's just to give you where I'm at on it, Manus, is like at first I thought, man, that's a bit radical. But then when I thought about it, I said, when he means harm, he literally means harm. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we all know of the case in the UK recently of the young lady, Brianna, who was brutally murdered by her own friends by a, a frenzy of stabbing, right? And both these friends got all their ideas and all their fantasies from the internet, mm. you know? And they were just, I won't go into the details of that, but it's a horrendous murder and it's caught the headlines in, in the UK in, in a big way. Um, in fact, in some ways... That was probably the first thing that made me think, you know, enough's enough. I can't listen to any more of this. I have to do something. Mm -hmm. And um, I have the answer, okay? And let's talk about the answer here quickly. Sure. Um, I'm saying, well, without any, uh, um, well, any hesitation, if you like, that we have to ban the sale of smartphones to minors. Mm -hmm. That's young people under 18. We have to ban the sale of smartphones. In other words, you could, if you're under 18, can't buy a smartphone and nobody else can buy it for you. So it's against the law. It would be against the law for anybody to buy a smartphone and then give it to a, a young person. Um, because, you know, parents, you know, they, they want the best for their children. And they're, I know already a lot of parents buy their kids smartphones. That has to become illegal. Um, that may sound harsh, but as I'll explain in a minute, um, it, it's, it's what we have to do. Um, we have to make sure that nobody under 18 has uncontrolled access to the internet. Now, there are people, obviously, when you get to maybe from 15 even up, you need a certain amount of access to the internet for education purposes. Mm -hmm. and what I'm saying is that will all be provided under controlled conditions in schools. It will not be provided through people's personal devices because mm -hmm. they won't have one. Okay, um, so that's basically it. No more phones for minors. No more smartphones for yeah. minors. Sorry, but, you, but you're uh, talking about maybe giving them dumb phones, the so-called. Well, that I, I actually had that on my list, but I actually sure. think that's for for society to work out what's what's the substitute. My my idea would be would they just get simple phones that uh, with voice and text like Use we used phone, to have. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of parents worry about their kids not having phones because they like to be able to contact them. Yeah. In fact, I think there's an opportunity for the phone companies to come up with a whole new set of clever uh, tools uh, for smart, not smartphones, but for less, less smartphones, if yeah. you like, for young people. Okay. But the other side is also equally important. And this one's also very controversial. I may not have mentioned this. But we have to force the tech companies, by law, to add age verification to all their adult services. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's impossible, you can't do that. Even the tech companies have said that's impossible. But they're lying through their teeth yeah. because the technology already exists. 
There's a hundred. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm very familiar with it, man. So yeah. it's an area I work in. Yeah. yeah. There's a hundred products out there that uh, will do not only age verification, but they'll do full ID verification for you. Mm. And in fact, some of the, the social media companies actually use it themselves already, but they don't use it for membership qualification. Mm. And mm. I say they're all adult products. Therefore, they all need to not have children under or under 18. Mm -hmm. They all have to go. That sounds harsh. But, you know, a lot of them have gone anyway because most of them are somewhere else. So um, mm -hmm. it, it just we just have to tell them it's a law now. And if you don't do it, you're going to get heavy fines. OK, uh, they will resist this. I don't care. I don't apologize for this. They have to learn that we can't have this happening anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, they could actually, like a, a, a typical social media company, they could actually implement this overnight. Yeah. They're that clever. Like no, no, it, uh, there's a lot of... Like a switch. Yeah, even, a very, even a very basic thing like a credit card number. Yeah. Um, or a debit card number. People say, well, under 18s have that. No, they don't. They have adult approved under 18 yeah. cards. So yeah. that, that doesn't apply. And they're... They can be treated. They're treated differently than adult. Uh, yeah. But that's a very simple thing. Um, yeah, it is very simple. But they're all yeah. refusing to do it. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why. It's money, just yeah. greed, whatever. It's money. It's money. Man. <laughs> I, I mean, even uh, let me just say there was a uh, and I, I might have some of the details wrong on this, but I remember, yeah. I remember back uh, um, and I'm in the mobile industry uh, good while. And right. That, uh, in the in the early nineties, there was a, an Irish company called I think it was Sim Sentry, and it was yeah. a Sim for children's for right. children to use. Yeah. And they um, they didn't get anywhere. And if people were involved in it, and that's wrong, let me know. I'll sort it out. But I think I believe that the mobile operators paid lip service to them, but resisted them. Because yeah. they were looking for a uh, government uh, mandate that this sort of technology be used with children. Yeah. I personally believe that the mobile operators lobbied against it, and um, you know, it's if you think about it, the say the whatever maybe hundred in Ireland as an example, from whatever many hundred thousand kids between say ten and eighteen there are, yeah. that still represents probably a few hundred million in revenue. Yeah. To the mobile operators. Yeah. Um, now I'm sure. There, that's probably annoying some of the my friends and the mobile operators, but yeah. I have to say that's my feeling about it. You know, that's... absolutely, yeah. No, I understand there'll be pushback on this from yeah. Yeah. anybody and everybody in the technology sector that are involved in you know that you know services that that require customers you know through an online service and so on. Mm. But and I and I will finish this off by saying you know some people will think this is, sounds harsh, right? But the problem we're dealing with here is causing great harm to our minors, our children, mm. way beyond what even the typical parent realizes. Because the only, only parents who really understand the hurt are the parents that are affected. You know, the parent whose daughter commits suicide or starts mm. cutting herself or something like that because she's been bullied, mm. right? But it's happening and it's all over the place. And if you ask any parent today, you know, what would they like to see happen? They'd like the internet to be cleaned up, but they'd like their daughters and sons not to use it. But that's not possible. So we have to just get, we've got to take it away from them until they're old enough to be able to manage it. 
Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I think there's another problem, which I'll, I'll tackle some other day about what we do about the internet for adults. But for today, it's just we need right. to protect our children. We have a duty to do it as a society. And our government have a duty to do it as well. Just the same way they protect children from cars by you know, not allowing you to, you can't drive until you're 18, you can't smoke until you're 18, you can't drink until you're 18. We have more laws to stop young people from doing things because we're trying to protect them. We have to protect them from the internet. You know, yeah. that, that's all there is to it. No, I, no, Manus, when you spell it out yeah. that way, there's a lot more to it than you might see at first glance, yeah. which was yeah. my reaction. Yeah. The more I thought about it, the more I think there's something to this. And yeah. as the, this uh, podcast has a, a very uh, significant footprint with uh, mental health uh, professionals, yeah. it'll be interesting to get their feedback. I guess they could contact you through your LinkedIn page if there's someone who they can talk to LinkedIn you. X. <laughs> it's hard to say that, but X. Yeah. Uh, even Facebook, even though I'm not a great user of it, but I, I have a membership in, in Facebook. Um, and I think I have one on Instagram, but I never use it because my daughter won't tell me how to use it, which is ah, like ah, a real ah, reversal ah. of roles here, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not on TikTok, but I plan to get on it because I have to watch. I, I like watching these these sites now to see what's going on. Exactly, yeah. to reinforce my my belief in what I'm doing here. Yeah. Uh, so well, I know it comes from a good heart, Manus. So yeah. like I, I I do think um you. Uh, I, if I can help you in any way for your message to be heard, I'm glad to do yeah. it. Um, but uh, well, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I encourage anyone in the audience who has concerns about this, contact Manus. I'll put his LinkedIn uh, profile on the show card. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Manus, apart from all that, uh, what do you do to relax? You're looking well. I, I, I look very fit, I have to say. Yeah, well, I am. I, as I said earlier, I, I, I do a lot of exercise now, which. You know, I, for some reason, I, it missed me. It, it went past me when I was younger. I, I could never get on the football team. I could never, I, I wasn't sort of good enough, or maybe I wasn't interested. All I was interested in doing when I was a kid was climbing trees and things like that, you know. So, so I, I but I did decide around 40, around that age, um, to start exercising. Um, actually, I started a bit before that, where I used to play, um, you know, things like uh, seven aside indoor football with with work colleagues. Uh, I think I did this in Lotus as well. And I remember I was usually playing with lads that were half my age. And <laughs> I, but I didn't notice, you know, I, I sort of forgot that and I couldn't, re- I couldn't kind of understand why they were fit and I wasn't, you know. Mm. But anyway, I learned my lesson and I just took up exercise. A uh, lot of gym work for years, and that kind of got boring. And then I took up the bike. I had a great lot of time on cycling. Did the Belfast Dublin cycle a couple of times. Well, wow. um, I've done quite a few other long distance cycles, but I don't do that anymore. I do sort of thirty k a day, sort of mm-hmm. short, you mean out the hoth and back sort of things. Um, but I took up running recently, and I hate running, or I used to hate running. I, I detested it because it wasn't. I didn't, to me, it wasn't a fun thing to do. Mm. But cut a long story short, after a year and a half of running, uh, myself and my daughter, as I said, we completed a half marathon there recently for charity. And, you know, I love it. And there is a wee buzz you get in it. I mean, there's a wee drug that mm. gets generated. Dopamine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so you're that's what I'm well, doing. 
You're looking well on it, man. It's, yeah, try my uh, best, you know. <laughs> oh, no problem. And the, yeah. uh, on this podcast, you get to nominate the playout song. So I know you're yeah. a music guys. So tell, yeah. first of all, tell us what sort of music's music uh, uh, taste you have. What do you do? What do you like? Well, you know, so it's kind of stuck because I don't really listen to a lot of modern music anymore for some reason. I'm I stuck listening to the old stuff, you know. So, like, my hero has always been John Lennon. Um, I like the Beatles, but in particular, I was a, I'm an ardent fan of him. I, I still listen to his music, like, almost on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that that's what I like, and I just keep listening to it. Um I like all the old rock stuff and so on, but I I, I can't even name. I'm showing sure my age here, but I can't name who's like hot and who's not in no. in the music industry. If I asked my grandchildren, one of them who's nine, he could ream off all these <laughs> pop stars that these people in, in, in the hit parade, as we call yeah, it. Yeah, all this kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> but I still love John Lennon, and as I say, mm-hmm. I love his his music, and I think his music is very. Pertinent for the problems of today, to be quite honest, you know. Right. So, are you, what song are you nominating? Well, it had to be "Imagine" from John Lennon. So that, that was. Um, my, I know it's been played a lot, and it, it's overplayed in some ways, but mm. still carries the message I, I I like to hear, and I think right. John Lennon captured it perfectly well. No, it's a great song, and man, it's listen. Thanks, great to talk yeah. to you. Thanks for yeah. coming on, and then well, absolutely, it was it's your thoughts. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you.